Hello and welcome to Angel Insights, brought to you by Syndicate Room. And today is an incredibly unique show as we welcome our first doctor to the hot seat in the form of Dr. Alicia Robb, a senior fellow with the Kaufman Foundation. She's also a visiting scholar to the University of California and the University of Colorado. She is the founder and past executive director of the Foundation for Sustainable Development, an international development organisation working in Latin America, Africa and India. She's also a prolific author on the topic of entrepreneurship. In addition to numerous journal articles and book chapters, she's the co-author of Race and Entrepreneurial Success, published by MIT Press, and A Rising Tide, Financing Strategies for Women-Owned Businesses, published by Stanford University Press. She also serves on the board of the National Advisory Council for Minority Business Enterprise, the Advisory Board for Global Entrepreneurship Week, and is a guest contributor to outlets such as the Huffington Post and Forbes. Therefore, it is with great pleasure that I introduce to you Dr. Alicia Robb. Alicia, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on Angel Insights. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, I'd love to start off by hearing, how did you get into investing? Well, I was actually writing this book. So I'm a senior fellow with the Kauffman Foundation and the Kauffman Foundation's, you know, the largest foundation in the world dedicated to entrepreneurship. So I work in research and policy and I do a lot of research around entrepreneurial finance. And I was writing this book about financing strategies for women-led companies and, um, just, you know, in doing the research and learning more about angel investing and venture capital um, and crowdfunding, I um, I just started lending through uh, some online platforms, Prosper and, and Lending Club. And then um, when the equity crowdfunding platforms started popping up, um, I started making some small investments on WeFunder um, and looking at AngelList and ended up joining a a syndicate uh, on AngelList and doing some investing that way. So that kind of got me into uh, into angel investing in, in small uh, small amounts before actually making larger investments in individual companies um, offline. And, and then our first question comes from a, a friend of both of ours, uh, Elizabeth Krauss, who is also on the show. And she asks that, as a female investor yourself, What's your biggest challenge in recruiting other women to invest, and how do you plan to challenge this? It's a great question. Elizabeth and I talk often about that. Um, I'm actually an investor in Merge Lane because there's also, you know, a, a huge gap in um, gender gap in high growth entrepreneurship. So we need both women uh, and entrepreneurs, and we need more women investors. And I think that there's a, you know, a uh, positive feedback loop there. I think we're going to get more capital to women if we have more women investors. And I think the more w- successful women entrepreneurs we have, the more women investors we're going to get from that pool. Um, how am I dealing with that? Well, that's a great question because a big chunk of my time right now is actually dedicated to that. Um, I mentioned the, the first book I was writing called The Rising Tide, which um, focused on financing strategies for women-led companies. Um, it was published by Stanford a few years ago, and they came back to us and said, hey, can you write another book just on high-growth women's entrepreneurship? And we said, yeah, but if only if we can also focus on the gender gap on the investor side. And they said, sure. And so we, we got writing, and we, we just finished uh, the draft of that um, this year. And what came out of that was, you know, why don't we have more women 
uh, investors. And there's a, there's several reasons. One, um, you know, women aren't aware of the opportunity. It's not like men are either. As far as, in, at least in the U.S., you have to be an accredited investor, which has, you know, income or wealth requirements. Um, only a tiny percentage of people that are actually eligible um, to be, be an angel investor actually do so. So it's not like everybody's jumping into the game. There's, there's a lot of people out there that could be angels that aren't. But on the gender gap side, um, so often when Elizabeth and I are at investor meetings, you know, we are the only women in the room. Um, and often we're in different rooms cause she does a lot more impact investing. Um, and you know, so w- a lot of women don't know other angels, so they don't come about, uh, learning about angel investors from, from their networks. So one, they don't know about it Two, They don't know other angels. Three, they don't really see um, investment opportunities uh, for um, their risk averse and to, to, to make a, a large first investment when they don't really know how to do it. And then five, um, they want to know how to do it and be competent in doing that. So bringing all that together, I actually designed a, a new program um, based named on the named on my about my first book, uh, the Rising Tide Program, which is actually bringing together ninety nine women, angel investors, nine uh, experienced angels and 90 new and emerging angels. And the nine are actually going to mentor the 90 um, over the course of a year. So everybody puts in $10,000. We have a million dollar fund and we're going to make six to eight investments over the next 12 months. Um, But the idea is the women will, one, be mentored. They'll also get trained and um, educated through a variety of different um, uh, materials and online podcasts, etc., and then um, the nine lead angels are going to be the ones driving the deal flow, uh, leading the due diligence, making the investment decisions. But along the way, the, the 90 are going to be participating. So after a year, they've been mentored, they've been trained, they've gone through like 20 due diligences, they have seen six to eight actual investments. Um, and, you know, we're going to end the program with a women investor summit back here in Boulder, Colorado, bringing the 99 from across the country. Actually, they they come across from across the world. We're actually doing the same exact program or a similar program uh, that we're launching in Europe at the same time. So we have nine women angel investors from nine different countries in Europe, bringing together 90 new and emerging angels from, from around Europe. Um, But there's going to be some women um, that are investing both the U S and the Europe funds and programs. And then we're also inviting about five women from Africa for the European fund and program and five from Latin America in the, to the U S program. Um, with the hope that they'll be part of the 90 this time around, but then next year or in 2017, whenever we expand to Africa and Latin America, they'll be part of the nine, um, doing the mentoring and, um, you know, leading the deal flow and due diligence, um, in their own, funds in their own programs. So we're hoping, you know, these two first uh, rising tide programs in the U.S. and Europe are, are just the beginning um, with these 190 plus women. Um, we hope to build build bridges, build communication and relationships across the ocean, across the globe. And uh, we're just getting started. So I think this is really going to move the needle on uh, women's participation in angel investing. Absolutely. And then you said about the nine lead angels. So when you approach a program like this how do you select those lead angels what kind of qualities and criteria did you look for we looked for very experienced angels with track records of um 
successful exits. Um, in the U.S., one of the things we wanted was geographic div- geographical diversity as well as uh, sector expertise diversity. So we have nine angels that are from a, around the country that have been doing this for, for many years. Um, most of them, or I guess all of them, are part of angel groups um, in their respective states, um, and they've been actively participating for for many years, and they're interested in mentoring and giving back and building this community of um uh, women investors. In Europe, the, a lot of the nine are actually on the board of the European Business Angel Network. So they've all been very active angels. They're now in the leadership in the the angel um, association um, and also are, are wanting to uh, mentor a new, uh, a new and emerging group of women uh, angel investors. So, And how will the Rising Tide programs approach deal sourcing? Well, the nine are going to be in charge of bringing uh, at least four investable opportunities to the investment committee. So, as I said, a lot of them are members of angel groups in their own states or their own countries. So I imagine a lot of the deal flow is going to come from the angel groups that they're members of. Um, Certainly, um, we want a diversified portfolio. So uh, we'll try to, you know, invest in deals that are both geographically and, and and have some sector differences as well sure and you said then that they should bring four that are investable what do you think makes something investable is that a something that's actually got a tangible product something that's got significant revenue what is it for you that makes it investable well we're going to be doing pretty early stage so there's not necessarily going to have to they're not necessarily going to have to have like revenues already but in terms of investable deal clearly it's got to be a great team um, a great product, um, a great market, and you know, obviously, the um, potential at some point for either an acquisition or uh, a- another type of exit. So, um, yeah, I-, I imagine we'll be doing pretty early stage um, investments uh, uh, in-, in early stage companies. So, and then on a more personal level, you recently moved to Boulder, Colorado, from the Bay. How do you compare the two startup communities? Well, I lived actually in Marin County, um, and Marin County is north of the Golden Gate Bridge, um, and it's very outdoorsy, gorgeous. Um, I describe Boulder as a combination of Marin County and Silicon Valley, but only the good things of each. Boulder is a very livable city. It's uh, uh, It's very compact. You can bike everywhere. Everybody's into outdoors. Um, we do our investment hikes and our, our meetings with entrepreneurs, hiking. Um, it's a very good uh, work-life balance, uh, and it's uh, just an, an amazing community with a lot of, lot of energy. So it's, uh, Marin is, is beautiful and wonderful, but it didn't have the same kind of entrepreneurial energy that Silicon Valley had. So it's a, it's a, nice, um, it's a nice combination here, and it's a lot cheaper, too. Property taxes are much lower here. And we do always hear about SF having all the all the startups located there. Do you think that being in Boulder will maybe hinder your deal flow? Not at all. In fact, you know, most of my investments are actually local at this point, um, except for some of my online ones, which are kind of geographically dispersed. Um, there's a lot of deal flow here. There's um, much. Uh, more let's see I want to say saner valuations it's a little crazy still in the in the valley and and in California valuations are really high and uh, there's a lot of investors so here I think it's uh there's great deal flow and uh and 
much better valuations uh, and lots of opportunities. So I don't think there's any problem here on the deal flow side. And when investing, how do you approach a startup's valuation? How do you evaluate whether it is a justified price? (laughs) Well, not well, actually. I'm definitely um, actually joining the 90 in both the U.S. and the European funds. I've definitely made a lot of mistakes um, in in my uh, in my uh, angel investments, and uh, I've uh, except for this one deal I just just did last week, I've promised I'm going to not do any other deals other than the you know 12 to 15 deals I do over the course of the next year with the U.S. and and European funds. Um, yeah, I've d- definitely made a lot of rookie mistakes, and I'm I'm eager to uh, learn from very experienced angels uh, going forward. So, what what are those mistakes then? Do you think? Sorry to bring this <laughs> up, and re- you know, it's not you know, this is just me and you talking here. Uh, so, so what what are those mistakes, and how how do you think you're going to change? Well, I'll give you two examples. One, when I was walking with Elizabeth um, one day on a hike, she. Uh, she said one of the you know rookie mistakes people always make is they invest immediately rather than um, looking at a bunch of deals first. So you gotta look at about twenty deals before you ever make an investment. And and sure enough, I that's great advice, and I wish I would have taken that. Um, I invested. Uh, I was eager, right? So I made a lot, not a lot, but I made several investments before I really knew what I was doing, before I was really uh, actively involved with uh, the local angel group here, the Rockies Venture Club. Um, And so uh, I I could have learned from doing some deals with an angel group first, and I didn't. I just went off and did them on my own. So definitely I would say look at a bunch of deals before you do do your first investment and also invest alongside um, an angel group to start or like uh, the, you know like the rising tide program with experienced angels who are mentoring you along the way the, uh, another big mistake i made was um, uh, so i was talking to joanne miller who's head of uh, san luis obispo angels and also part of golden seeds and she said one of the mistakes that angels always make is they look at it from a consumer perspective and that's exactly what I did in one of my first investments after I moved here to Boulder. And um, it was this amazing product. I'm like, oh, my God, this has to come to market. And rather than, you know, looking at it from the investor perspective and all the red flags I saw, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Um, and so it was from a consumer perspective, wanting to see it in the market, than an investor perspective. Is this the right team? Is this the right, um, you know, strategy? Um, is this going for, you know, is this going to go forward? And, you know, there were some flags and my gut said, don't do it, but I did it anyway. And, uh, had I looked at 20 deals here when I got to Boulder before jumping right in, I probably wouldn't have invested, um, because of those, you know, because of those flags and from going from an investor perspective, not a consumer perspective. So, that said, it's a great product and I hope it gets to market, but, uh, you, you say as an investor, it? you need to look at it from an investor perspective. In that case, though, with a great product, is that not enough, do you think, to be successful? Does it need to have all the different elements to make it the big success? Well, you know, I had some red flags on the team. There seemed to be some team um, tension, and I and that's what my gut picked up. And sure enough, after I invested, the team split up. So um, mm. it's not just to have a, enough of uh, the great product. It also needs a great team or at least a great um, uh founder but ideally co-founders because you know it's one thing to run a a small business or a medium business um by yourself but 
it's much better when you're looking at a high growth um, business potential opportunity to have a team because you can't be all things to to the company and you're going to have and need skills that you don't have. And so building a team with complementary skill sets is incredibly important to making sure that you can uh, scale the company. And what level of level of engagement or interaction do you like to have with your startups? Do you like a weekly meeting, a monthly meeting? Do you like to be there every day? What sort of thing are you into? You know, I'm actually not that involved with any of my um, investment companies. I'm pretty happy with a a monthly update. Um, I would think down the road when my career changes and I have more bandwidth, I would love to, um, you know, be more involved with with my my portfolio companies. But right now, yeah, I'm pretty hands-off and um, it's more about providing advice or connections or um, support when when they ask for it. And if it's okay with you, we're going to dive into a quick fire round now. So, your favorite right. newsletter? Uh, I'm going to have to say the policy dialogue on entrepreneurship that Kaufman puts out. <laughs> okay, a good one. Your favorite productivity tool? You know, I think I'm most productive when I turn off the internet and don't answer my email. So, can I? Can my tool be my off button for my internet? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what sector is overhyped and what is underhyped? Well, I would say it's just Silicon Valley is kind of overhyped right now. Um, underhyped, I'm going to say I'm really excited about companies that have plant-based alternatives to um, animal products such as Hampton Creek and Beyond Meat. I really think our food system is completely um, ripe for disruption and its uh, sector is our, our companies I'm looking at. Your investing ethos in a sentence uh, invest in people and products. What tools do you use to analyze startups? AngelList, Crunchbase? Um, definitely, yeah, AngelList, CircleUp, uh, WeFunder, some of the other equity crowdfunding platforms like Portfolio. Um, and then I'm an, uh, a member of the, the local Boulder um, angel group. Do you think equity crowdfunding has the potential to, present, to replace VC funding? I think they're uh, compliments, not substitutes. And then most recent investment and why you said yes. So my, I, I said, I, I promised myself I would not make any more investments until after I finished the Rising Tide programs. But this really great opportunity came up here in Boulder called Entropy. And it's um, a CU professor and a PhD engineering student um, got together and started Entropy, which is going to be... Uh, in cybersecurity, so it's building both a competent and skilled workforce to meet demands of co- the demand for of um, of companies that need skilled labor, and then also it's going to have an accelerator for startups in the cybersecurity space. I think this industry segment is um, very much uh, ripe for huge growth over the next um, several years, and Colorado is well poised to be one of the. Um, uh, geographic leaders in this space and I just really like them I really like the idea and uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to their successful uh, launch well Alicia thank you so much for coming on Angel Insights it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show
Oh, Harry, it's been great. It was my pleasure. And to find the accompanying article for today's incredible episode with Alicia, head on over to Syndicate Room's website at www.syndicateroom.com and click the Learn page, which will take you to the educational platform. And do remember, when investing in early-stage startups, your capital is at risk, so do engage in the proper due diligence before making an investment. And if you are enjoying the show, we would love to hear your thoughts on Twitter, at Syndicate Room, and we'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and subscribe on iTunes but as always thank you so much for your continued support and we look so forward to seeing you in the next episode